Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Snakes. Zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Today is Friday, January 8th, 2021. Coming up on Roller Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Atlanta. FBI, they are all across the country tracking down and arresting the Trump white domestic terrorists that stormed the U.S. Capitol on a Wednesday. We will show you some of these arrests. We'll also talk with California Congresswoman Maxine Waters about the Capitol Police. Was this an inside job? The black law enforcement organization Noble is calling for a review of why the Capitol Police were so unprepared. Their president will join us. Trump says he will not attend Joe Biden's inauguration. We don't give a shit. And Maya Ponsetto, the woman who attacked a teenager she falsely accused of stealing her iPhone, has finally been arrested. She did an interview with Gail King and was her ass dismissive of Gail? 
And in Chicago, a brick with racial slurs on it was thrown through the window of a black-owned restaurant. And another crazy-ass white woman met the wrong sister. Wait until you see the quick jab. Oh, of this Sugar Ray Robinson. It is time to bring the funk from Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. The FBI, they are fanning out across America, tracking down the white domestic terrorists who supported Donald Trump, who stormed the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Folks are demanding massive accountability, not just for the terrorists, but also for their leader, Donald Trump. Here is, let's show, let's show one of the videos, folks, uh, of the West Virginia delegate recently elected uh, who was arrested today uh, in West Virginia by the FBI. Uh, his grandmother was not at all happy about him getting arrested. If y'all have that uh, video, uh, play it, please. If not, I'll play it for... Okay, so as you see... Now li listen to this, y'all. Just listen. Anything you want to say on his behalf? He's a fine man. And thank you, Mr. Trump, for inviting a uh, ride at the, at the White House. And you're his grandmother? I'm his grandmother. That is uh, West Virginia State Delegate Derek Evans. He's been arrested uh, by the FBI. Also, remember the guy uh, who was sitting on the desk of uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi to, uh, taking photos? The cops have also arrested him. The FBI, they are tracking down people all across this country. Many of these folks were live streaming uh, them out here talking and live streaming them, putting their photos up. And the FBI, well, they've been scouring uh, all of the different um, uh, photos looking uh, for these folks. Uh, it goes to show you uh, exactly uh, how devastating this was. By the way, uh, five people are now dead because a Capitol Police officer uh, who was on life support died last night. And so uh, that's one of the other issues uh, that law enforcement has. Folks, this has been... Uh, a stunning last two days. In a moment, we're going to talk with Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Y'all let me know when she's on the line, please. Uh, because what we are dealing with here, folks, we are dealing with one of the most serious situations that we have seen in this nation in recent years. I need everybody who's watching me right now to understand this is not the end. Listen to me clearly. This is not the end. This will not be the last time 
we see this happen. What Donald Trump and the Republican Party has done is they have weaponized hate. They have weaponized evil. And then you take the conservative media. You take the conservative media and you take what they do. And you take how, for them, this is about patriotism and democracy. No, it's not. What this is about is they cannot handle black people and Latino people and Asian people, Native American people, non-white folks voting in this country. See, we have been, not we, not on this show, not my guests, not my panelists, but mainstream media in white America has been playing footsie, playing games over the past several years. They have written pieces where they've said that this is no big deal. Y'all are making a big deal out of this. Uh, oh, no, Trump didn't mean that with his tweets. Now we know he meant every single thing. And, 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 and there's some troubling issues here. There's some troubling issues that we want to talk about. Today, on the Joe Madison Show on Sirius XM Radio, Congressman Jim Clyburn was on. And here we go to my iPad. This is what the congressman said today. Something else was going on here, Joe. My office, if you don't know where it is, you ain't going to find it by accident. Folks, just so you know, I've been to Congressman Clyburn's office. And let me tell you, it was difficult getting to his office. And he's 100% right. You're not going to find his office by accident. He said, the one place where my name is on the door that office is right on Statuary Hall. They didn't touch that door, but they went into that other place where I do most of my work. They showed up there harassing my staff. How did they know to go there? How come they didn't go where my name was? They went where you won't find my name but they found where I was supposed to be. So something else was going on untoward here. Folks, this is Congressman Jim Clyburn clearly implying, clearly implying that this was an inside job. This is Congressman Jim Clyburn clearly implying that there were people who worked on the inside of Capitol Hill who likely were police who were directing people where to go. Uh, folks, I need y'all to understand, I have been to that office he's talking about. It is not an easy office to find. You wouldn't just automatically go to that particular office. Those folks were directed to that office. I'm going to show you this clip right here. I want you to listen to what the Capitol Hill police officer says, and I think he's black. He says you can disagree, you can disagree with their respect. Listen to this. Listen. I want y'all to count here. I want you to count the number of cops standing here holding the door open for them. 
for them. Come back to me. Joining us right now is California Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Uh, Congresswoman Waters, uh, what I just read from Congressman Jim Clyburn, he is clearly implying this was an inside job. We have seen numerous videos, Congresswoman, of Capitol Hill police officers waving people in. This video right here of four cops just standing there and just letting folks just trace on through the U.S. Capitol. There are some people who are calling for the Capitol Police to be dissolved and for the Secret Service to take over this police force, a police force numbering more than 1,700 with a budget that exceeds $500 million. Your thoughts? Well, let me just say it is obvious that we've got to have a deep investigation and we've got to really find out what was happening with the Capitol Police Force. We've got to understand why they would stand, as you just showed in that video, and allow people to just pass through. We've got to understand why they were not equipped uh, with, you know, helmets in some instances and the kind of uh, protection uh, to be able to deal with this kind of invasion. Uh, we've got to understand why the police chief assured us that he had everything under control. And I wanna just unveil this for you. I spoke about the need to be sure that we were going to have security uh, because of whom I thought was coming. Uh, and we already knew the Proud Boys were in town and I was expecting that the Oath Keepers, the KKK, or the QAnon, all of them were gonna be here. And so I opened up that discussion in our caucus. I was uh, told that they would have the Capitol Police call me, and he did. Uh, that is the chief of police of the Capitol Police. And so he did call me, and I spent one hour with him, and I asked him every question about security that I could possibly ask. The first thing I said to them is, him is don't allow those protesters, those mobsters to come onto the, the plaza. Don't allow them to occupy the plaza. Uh, that's very important. He said, don't worry, it will be barricaded. They will not be able to get onto the plaza. The second thing I asked him about was, would there be, uh, would they allow them on the grassy area right adjacent to the plaza? He said, yes, uh, that is considered a place where so-called protesters can request to be, and it is a place that we will allow uh, them to protest. I said, well, what if there's an opposing group and they have a confrontation there? Uh, he said, well, we're gonna have police station there and they will intervene. They will not allow anything to happen, a confrontation to take place. I asked him if they would uh, basically uh, uh, create a safety uh, uh, at the intersection, right at the top of, uh, you know, the Capitol area there, the street uh, that's right in front of the um, uh, the uh, Longworth building and uh, the uh, uh, the Cannon building and the uh, Rayburn House office building. He said, no, they couldn't, they could not block that off, uh, that that had to be open uh, for traffic and that they, you know, would have a right to to be there, uh, you know, recognizing their First Amendment rights. I asked him, what about guns? I said, you're gonna have a lot of these people coming from gun carry states, and they're gonna bring those guns with them. What are you gonna do about that? 
He said, well, if a gun is displayed, uh, we will arrest. I, I was thinking to myself, if it's displayed, is they ready to do something with it? Otherwise, it's going to be concealed. I wasn't really comfortable with that, but that was his response. I also asked him, were they going to put officers on top of the buildings? And to tell you the truth, Roland, I was thinking about the assassination of both John Kennedy and Martin Luther King, how they were assassinated from buildings, you know, confronting uh, not only the parade where John Kennedy was, but the motel where uh, Martin Luther King was, and that those buildings were high up and that, you know, we know that people who are involved in this kind of criminal activity might do sniping from, you know, the windows or the roofs, et cetera. He said, don't worry about that. They cannot get on top of the building. Uh, in the first place, they'd have to go through uh, the Capitol in order to find their way up to the, the top of the building. And they can't get into the Capitol. That won't happen. I asked him if he knew the names of the groups that were coming. I asked him about the KKK. I asked him about QAnon. I asked them about the KKK uh, and also uh, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, who I reminded him that the Proud Boys were in town already and had been here for a number of days. He said that they have a system by which people have to request uh, to protest and be in certain areas, and they had to sign up. Uh, but individuals could sign up, and they wouldn't necessarily have to identify that they were with a group. And I thought that sounded strange to me, uh, but seemed to me that they would want to know that we have groups who are basically domestic terrorists and that they should be contained. They should not be allowed to be in what you consider uh, the allowable protest areas, etc. cetera. Uh, but he assured me uh, that uh, they have people who have to register. Uh, they talked to me. He talked to me about the forms, where they could come, and being on the internet to register. All of that. But the bottom line was, he made sure uh, that he gave me the kind of answers uh, that would comfort me and others who maybe I would be talking to. That he had it under control. Uh, that he was confident. Uh, that he could take care of it. And so I left there, you know, feeling well. He's a police chief. He must know something. And so I was shocked, as everybody else was, uh, to experience the invasion of these domestic terrorists in the way that I did and others did. And I called the police chief while it was going on, and I told him I was extremely upset. I was so very concerned uh, that the conversation that we had, he assured me, or uh, insured me, uh, assured me uh, that, in fact, uh, he was in charge and he had it under control. In fact, he was not. And so here we are uh, with what has happened, uh, with them breaking uh, the windows, uh, with them scaling the walls, with them charging past our officers, doing hand-to-hand -hand combat with some of the officers, chasing an officer up the stairs who was running from them and going on the, uh, the House floor and the Senate uh, chambers also, going into Nancy Pelosi's office, and as Jim Carleyburn has described, uh, trying to get in his door. And this is not only a stain on our democracy, uh, as we are being watched, as we were watched from around the world, we no longer hold the preeminent place of being able uh, to have a democracy that really works, 
uh, that we have uh, buildings that are very secure uh, and that uh, we can uh, certainly talk to others about what they need to do uh, to have democracies at work and how they need to have the kind of security in the event uh, that they have this kind of outrageous invasion of their most sacred building uh, in all of government. And so that's what it's all about, Roland. Uh, I know that you've been you know, talking with people. You understand. You watched what was going on. And here we are now. We're talking about what we can do uh, to make the president accountable. We're talking about impeachment yep. and waiving all the rules so that we can get the resolution up on the floor. We're talking about the 25th Amendment and what we can do to get with Pence, who has to be in charge of that, uh, to organize the cabinet people in order to consider this. We're talking about what we can do to try and force him to resign. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen at this point, uh, but we all convinced that we cannot walk away without making every effort possible uh, to get him out of office, even though it's only a few days left for him to serve. Here's uh, an article from Associated Press that I find to be shocking and stunning. The National Guard. The Pentagon asked the U.S. Capitol Police three days before if they needed National Guard manpower. They said no. But this is the one that I don't understand. As the mob descended on the building Wednesday, Justice Department leaders reached out to offer up FBI agents. The police turned them down both times. Yes, uh, and I was shocked by that also. And when we do our investigation and the reorganization of security, all of that's got to be taken into consideration, and those questions have got to be answered. Why was it turned down? And what is it uh, in reorganization of our security uh, should uh, happen? And who should be communicated with whom? And I also ask uh, our uh, Capitol Police, the chief of police, whether or not he had the cooperation of and was working with the Metropolitan Police. He said, absolutely, that was not a problem. I did not ask him about uh, the FBI, and I did not ask him about other possibilities uh, to assist with security, uh, and he did not offer it. And when I talked to him on the day that it was taking place uh, in real time, when they were you know, crashing in uh, to the Capitol, he simply said, we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can. And that was only his an only answer he gave me. The... Um um, the reason I'm staying on the, on the Capitol Police is because I am greatly disturbed, Congresswoman, for your safety and that of others. Y'all have to trust the Capitol Police are going to protect you. And uh, there was a Capitol Police officer uh, who was anonymous, who gave an interview, who said that there were cops and members of the military who were in this crowd of terrorists, flashing their IDs going by them. Then when you, when you see these comments and you see these actions of these cops, I'm scared that, I'm scared for you that you may have some folks who are going to allow someone to come in. There was a video we had earlier of uh, uh, in Oregon, an Oregon state representative who opened the door for these right-wing extremists to come into the place.
The problem is the people who, the evil folks who you're trying to fight, they may be right sitting next to you in Congress. I mean, th th this, I don't think people really understand what Wednesday was about and how serious this is for the future of the country, the safety of folks like you, as well as when it comes to the democracy of our society. Well, Roland, I have to tell you, I was so pleased that I left uh, the gallery early after uh, the two houses separated and went into a debate about the objections that had been made on, I believe it was Arizona, uh, the first state that was taken up. And I decided not to stay there and listen to the debate because I knew our members who had been uh, identified from uh, our uh, one of our committees um, uh, to be able, who were going to speak. Uh, I also knew about what they were going to say. So I got up and I left and I walked uh, back to my office. And um, from the time I walked from the gallery to my office, I didn't see one Capitol Police, nobody, until I got to the end of where the tram is, where the underground transportation is. And so I came into my office and we saw what was going on on uh, television. We locked our doors and uh, we did not move. We did not go out. And at one point, I was advised uh, that the Capitol Police wanted us to leave uh, and I think either be escorted to or come to another one of the office buildings. I think it was the Cannon Building uh, that they, I told them I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't trust the Capitol Police uh, to tell me where to go or to even guide me any place. And I would not go. I stayed here and we stayed locked in. And so, yes, I know and I truly believe that if I had encountered those uh, insurrectionists, those mobsters, uh, that I would have been killed. Uh, I am a targeted person. And to tell you, even uh, with the woman who was killed, her name is uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, they found information in her automobile that shows that she was said, said she had put uh, made other very, very disparaging comments about us. I am sure that I would have been killed. And so, yes, uh, it was serious. Uh, I think that um, the fact that we ended up with no security uh, and that, um, you know, the Capitol security was all breached, uh, uh, that uh, we're lucky uh, that uh, not more people lost their lives at this point. They were, and I'm told uh, that they had other kinds of weapons and they had some, uh, what do you call those bombs? Molotov cocktails. Oh, uh, they had Molotov cocktails. That one guy was arrested with 11 Molotov cocktails. Well, that's what we understand. That's what we understand. And so last, qu last question for you, Conk. Last question for you. Uh, there are some people are saying Article 25, 25 that's going to Amendment 25, but it's idea of impeachment. The reason I need people to understand why this is, is important, because there are, all it takes is four Republicans, three or four Republican, Republicans to flip. Folks are that upset. If Donald Trump is impeached and convicted, he can't run for president again. That's true. He cannot run for president if he is impeached. That is true. 
Well, that's why I think people need to understand that even though it's 13 days, it should happen. I really hope the House moves forward because I believe that every Republican congresswoman needs to be put on notice. These Republicans have to make a decision. Are you going to stand with the America and democracy or you are going to stand with an insurrectionist and somebody who led a coup d'etat? That to me is the only choice here. Clearly, Josh Howley and Ted Cruz and Kennedy and the five others, Marsha Blackburn, the others, they made their decision. But every Republican, and I said every 70-part member of the 74 million who voted for Donald Trump has to be put on notice. That's why all these people who uh, stormed the Capitol, all, some of them are getting fired. I hope they all lose their jobs. I hope they all get arrested. They get long jail terms because these people want to overthrow this country and Congresswoman, they're pissed off because black people voted. Because black people in Atlanta and Detroit and Milwaukee and Philadelphia voted. And that's really who they're mad with. They're pissed that black people have the audacity to decide this election. Absolutely. I think well said. And don't forget, uh, they uh, put up a structure uh, with a noose hanging uh, from it. And that is the symbol of, of what the lynching of black people is all about, and that's what I consider was a message to black people on the Capitol's uh, 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 plaza, uh, that I think it was on the plaza, uh, that uh, we could be hanged by them. Um, just some breaking news here. Uh, Twitter has permanently banned Donald Trump. Again? Permanently? No, no, that was, no, he is permanently banned. Donald Trump well, will not be able to have a Twitter account again. Wow, now I'm talking about, and that's what I meant when I said to somebody who keeps talking to me about how are we going to come together? How is Biden going to put us together? And how are we going to make this thing right? And how we, and I told him, look, here's what I understand. I understand what racism is all about. And I understand what systemic racism is and why at every juncture we are at a disadvantage. I understand that thoroughly. And I also said to them, it is really up to white people to determine whether or not they are going to change their ways, whether or not they're gonna use their power and influence to change things, white people sitting in important positions, in important institutions. It is up to white people to determine whether or not they are ready and they're willing and that they have the responsibility to help change uh, what is going on in America. I, 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 the responsibility lies with them. We, we fight, we struggle, we sacrifice, and we die, fighting for justice, freedom, and equality. Our ancestors have done it. Uh, it's going all the way up through today, uh, where we have young people who are dying at the hands of police, who target young black men in particular, uh, who are unarmed uh, and shoot, you know, people lying in their beds like they did Miss Taylor. And so it's up to white people to get started. We're trying to change America. I agree. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, it's always great to have you on the show. Click, keep leading and we're gonna keep following. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. My panel, Michael Imhotep, hosts the African History Network show. Amisha Cross, political analyst and democratic strategist. Michael Brown, former vice chair 
DNC Finance Committee. Michael, uh, yes. you heard what the Congresswoman said. I'm telling you, Michael, I am very, very concerned about Capitol Police. Every, when I see another video of, of these cops saying, oh, you can disagree with it, but respect it, stuff along those lines, when you see them opening the doors, when you see them waving these people in, look, it has to be scary, Michael, to think that if, you, if you're a person like Congresswoman Maxine Waters, these are the folks who, who are supposed to protect, to protect you. In essence, um, you pretty much have uh, a Fred Hampton informant standing right next to you. Yeah, it, um, you know, it's like in some of these uh, police shootings where, uh, thank goodness there's videotape because otherwise it would just be somebody's word against somebody's word. And to watch, I, I would, the one, the, obviously we've all seen so much footage over the last couple of days, uh, but I have not seen the footage you just showed about the, uh, when the officers were holding the door and kind of basically escorting them in that hallway where the stairwell was. Um, you know, what can you say? I mean, it's clear as day. Can you imagine um, Black Lives Matter folks being escorted into the Capitol uh, during a protest march? Uh, obviously, we all know that would never ha have occurred. They'd have been hit with rubber bullets, if not real bullets. So it's just, um, it's unfortunate. It's uh, clearly uh, so fortunate that the new administration's coming in to have, a, obviously, an investigation about what happened. Clearly, um, Congresswoman Waters and Speaker Pelosi and uh, Congressman Clyburn are all very concerned about the Capitol Police and their uh, behavior during this uh, this endeavor. So I guess we'll have to wait to see what happens. By the way, I love your fireside chat. It looks very nice that you had the little fire uh, behind you. <laughs> well, you know, we figured we're here in Atlanta uh, with this Airbnb. We've got a different little look. I, I, I might have to bring the fireplace uh, back to uh, back to the studio in D.C. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I must say, Amisha, uh, uh, here we go to my iPad. Uh, I really love the look of this. Don J. Trump account suspended. <laughs> and, and and think about it. All it took was um, a, a siege on the Capitol. It's it's really it's really frustrating that it took this long, to be honest. And I, I know that Donald Trump had weaponized social media. He used social media, specifically Twitter, to send out these messages to his supporters, the MAGA crowd, to um, to incite violence, not only during the during what we just saw in that raid on the Capitol, but also on state legislatures, specifically um, against COVID regulations, against um, against mail-in balloting. We saw it time and time again where he has incited people to go and cause chaos and mayhem across across the country. And I think that Twitter made, definitely made the right decision. And to Maxine Waters' point and yours as well, Roland, earlier, the Capitol Police have a lot to answer to. We've seen pictures of them taking selfies with some of these crazed, um, these crazed, crazed mobsters. We've seen them um, using water to uh, get any types of gas or anything out of their eyes. We've seen them basically coddle these folks in addition to doing handshakes and telling them that they were doing the right thing. And I think we do have to question how a lot of these individuals knew exactly what offices to get to, how to get to certain offices, the speed at which they were able to do it, and the fact that, you know, all of this was a lot more coordinated than 
is being led to believe by some of our major media sources. A story came out of Raw Story today, which basically alluded to the fact that the uh, Republican attorney generals funded a lot of these individuals to come to D.C., funded a lot of this, uh, a lot of what we saw happen the other day. So I think that there are a lot of people who need to be taken to task here. And we need to not only just think about the day in question, but also all the people who are involved in orchestrating it. And quite frankly, Republicans have a lot of blood on their hands. Uh, Michael Imhotep, I made a reference to William O'Neill. William O'Neill was uh, the uh, informant for the FBI, who was the right-hand man of uh, Fred Hampton. He was the man who gave the officers in Chicago and the state's attorney's office, gave them the floor plans of the house where Fred Hampton was and pinpointed exactly where Fred Hampton was sleeping and was the one who gave Fred Hampton the drink that knocked right. him out as well. That, that, that is of concern to have these Capitol Police officers walking around with badges and guns and they are there to protect members. Who says one of these folks doesn't go rogue and decides to fire a bullet into a CBC member uh, because they stand with Trump uh, in these uh, domestic terrorists? This is the greatest concern that we have. It's the same reason you know, for, 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 the, for the president. You know, the Secret Service is there to protect the president, uh, and, and there's always that fear of an inside job. These people showed themselves. They showed exactly who they are on Wednesday. Absolutely, and you know, they, there has to be a thorough vetting of the uh, U.S. Capitol Police, just just who, who are members of the U.S. Capitol Police. There has to be a thorough vetting of who are members of the U.S. Capitol Police. But if we go back for a minute to, to the article that you referenced from uh, Associated Press, I talked about that article on my show last night, Capitol Police Rejected Offers of Federal Help to Quell Mob. So you have to add, when you connect that to Representative Steny Hoyer being in the basement in a bunker or something, contacting Governor, uh, Governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, asking Larry Hogan to send in the National Guard, and it takes 90 minutes for Larry Hogan to get uh, approval from uh, the Secretary of Defense or the Pentagon to send National Guard in. And then when you go, when you go, when you look at this article, second paragraph, it says, despite plenty of warnings of a possible insurrection and ample resources and time to prepare, the Capitol Police planned only for a free speech demonstration. But, but these people have been planning for week, weeks on social media, and they were planning an insurrection. It was out there in the open. So what made them think this was just going to be a free speech demonstration? So it's 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 uh, it, it's it, it it's more than just a, I think it's more than just an inside job. It's something. It's I think it's multiple things happening at the same time with this. Uh, but this has to be fairly investigated. People need to be prosecuted. Uh, we already saw that uh, U.S. Capitol Police Chief Steve, uh, Stephen Sund has uh, announced uh, he's he's resigning. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, at, uh, demanded his resignation. So uh, you know one thing's for certain: this can't happen again. And what's very interesting, brother, is the next day they had new barricades up, more uh, present, more personnel, more presence, you know, military presence, things like that. Well, why didn't you have that 24 hours before? Because there was ample warning for weeks that this was going to take place. Uh, this is um, this is, folks, um, something that 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 is uh, significant. Uh, in terms of what's going on here. And, and, and I want people to, to I, I need everybody to understand this here. What we're dealing with here is 
a national crisis. Mm -hmm. What we're dealing with here, Amisha, is a major national security concern. To listen to one of these Capitol Hill police officers say that there were law enforcement officers and members of the military flashing their IDs. We know for a fact that they have been white supremacists. Right now, on police forces, in the military. We know the military has been fighting white supremacists, removing them from the military ranks, dishonorable discharging them for their actions. What we have to understand, this is why black folks were so critical of allowing a Stephen Miller, mm -hmm. a white supremacist, into the White House. Because then they are impacting policy. And as we move forward, I think people really need to understand what is at stake. I, I keep telling folk, I don't care. This is not the last time there's going to be an attack on democracy in America. The, I, I, have, I need people to understand what the Republican Party has done and what Donald, Tr Donald Trump will put a flamethrower to everything in this society. That's why black people knew he was evil. That's why we knew how despicable he was. And black people warned America and America, namely white America, did not listen, Amisha. No, you're absolutely correct, Roland. Um, the, the, the flag was waved by black people from jump, um, from the start of President Trump issuing the birther movement and um, spreading lies there. Black people always knew what, what the capabilities were should the Republican Party become weaponized. And we saw that through social media. We saw it through conspiracy theories. We saw it through right-wing media that was carrying those conspiracy theories. And at the end of the day, I, I, a great deal of credit should go to black media and voices like yours who said from day one that this was going to lead to violence, that this was going to lead to chaos, that this was going to lead to a destruction of our democracy, because that was his goal to begin with. Let's not forget that this was scheduled literally not only on January 6th, but the, the other big part of this was that Every single state that he really put his weight behind in challenging the vote results were states where Biden won because of the black vote specifically. This was an attack on black voter access. This was an attack on the needs and the, the wants of the black community. This was an attack on black people. And I think that we have to fully recognize the fact that, and even in some of the mainstream media I'm hearing today, there are, there are these pushes and this quasi understanding that they want us to have of a kumbaya moment that we need to come together on right now. And an understanding that, you know, some of these people, they, they aren't all bad. They aren't all mob crazies. These are people who feel like they've been left out of society. I'm sorry, that's BS. These are people who plan to come here to cause chaos and mayhem. These are people who've been planning for weeks. These are people who came to D.C. with IED bombs, ready to act a dang fool. These are people who were intent on harming individuals simply because they wanted to take away the, the duly elected new president-elect <laughs> president uh, Joe Biden, but moreover because they wanted to diminish the role of the black vote. This is no different than when we saw white people act crazy about black folks voting in the 60s. This is no different than when they did it in the Jim Crow era. This is no different when, than when they did it post-slavery. This is in Reconstruction. This is what they have always done. When they feel as though black people are getting power, they will clown every time to take it back. And that is where we are. 
Um, folks, um, again, so many things are happening. I said the FBI, they're fanning across the country, arresting various people. They're also looking for a man who they captured on videotape, uh, planting two devices that were bombs outside of the DNC and the RNC. And so, um, it's, again, this is how crazy uh, this thing has gotten, Michael. Uh, and, uh, and the thing here is this here. Because a law enforcement officer died, these people are going to be facing serious charges. There are some of them who are now whining and crying because they're getting fired from their jobs for their participation. Uh, all, those things are, all those things are happening. But again, that officer dying is critical because that is going to take the charges in a whole different uh, direction. Which Michael uh, which you referring which Michael Rowland? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, the Omega. I'll, I'll go to the Sigma in a minute. <laughs> um, you know, what's a little frustrating about the whole, and I'm glad the FBI is swarming the country to find the folks that need to be found and arresting them. But the frustrating thing is they had them. They had them at the Capitol already. I don't know why they weren't cuffed then. Uh, I know some were. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of somewhere in, like the mid-50s, maybe 53, 54 folks uh, were arrested. Um, Black Lives Matter protesters was like, you know, what was it, 750 arrested. So I don't know why they weren't arrested then, which goes to the whole, the, I guess, the term using inside, potential inside job and letting folks just go back home, uh, letting them leave the scene, letting them leave the site. Uh, and that's what's so frustrating about uh, kind of what occurred uh, and what didn't occur with law enforcement, especially when you especially when you had them already inside the Capitol. Clearly, you already have them and you have the evidence that they were inside the Capitol. You cuff them up, you put them in a certain area when they come outside to be processed. They chose not to do that. They chose to let them walk out and uh, go in about their business. So that part is also frustrating and also has to be investigated why they were able to leave. Michael M. Hotel, um, what we um, are, are, are witnessing here, we are witnessing an existential threat. And I'm telling you right now, if 10,000 Muslims had stormed the U.S. Capitol, right. man, that would, be, that, would be, that would be Muslim concentration camps in America right now. Yeah, brother, it, it would probably only take 10 Muslims to storm the uh, Capitol before something, something like that with, with Donald Trump in office. Uh, I mean, this is the same guy, one of the, this is the same guy who wanted the Muslim ban, okay? But, um, it, you know, th this, this whole thing is, um, it, it, this whole thing is like really, really crazy. And you look at the, so there's been a lot of comparisons between um, Black Lives Matter activists were treated this past summer, especially in uh, Washington Square, where uh, federal uh, agents were used to clear the square so Donald Trump could go across the street to the church and take a photo op with an upside-down Bible. Um, even even Joe Biden has talked about this the past couple of days. Today he called uh, the today he did a press conference and he called the uh, insurrectionists uh, domestic terrorist thugs, and he's correct about that. But um, I think it's important for 
us to really understand, this is one of the things, uh, I know you were doing this in 2016, and I used to guest host your nasty syndicated radio show in 2016. This is one of the, the very thing that I was warning our people about in 2016, long before the election. And I said Donald Trump had to be stopped because I'm looking at what's coming. I'm looking at the rhetoric that Donald Trump was spewing in 2016 before the election. I'm looking at who's following him. You talked about Stephen Miller. Stephen, Steph, people have to understand uh, there were about 4,000 positions in Trump's administration he had to fill. A lot of times our people look at the presidency as one person. No, Stephen Miller has crafted a lot of these policies, and Stephen Miller has written a lot of speeches and things like that for Donald Trump. And when you research Stephen Miller, this is one of the biggest white supremacists, and he should never be in a position like this. He should never have this type of power. So, uh, you, you know, brother, the, you know, yeah, we have to be on guard. These next uh, 12, 13 days are, are, are going to be uh, uh, very uh, tumultuous. Um and I, I, the 25th Amendment, I don't think it's going to take place. You had two cowards, uh, Elaine Chow and Betsy DeVos, resign uh, from the cabinet. You, you needed them to implement the uh, 25th Amendment. We, we hear that uh, articles of impeachment are going to be introduced on Monday, but that's going to take some time. So, Got you it. know, brother, we, we have to be vigilant and stay, and stay on guard. Folks, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, they are calling for a full-scale review of security protocols at the U.S. Capitol. Noble is questioning how the Capitol Police could have been so ill-prepared for Wednesday's insurrection. Joining us now is Linda Williams. She is the president of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. Uh, glad to have you back on the show, um, President uh, Williams. When you witnessed what took place on Wednesday, surely uh, the law enforcement side of you had to be yelling at the TV going, what the hell are y'all doing? And where are the reinforcements? Thank you, first of all, Roland, for having me. Good to see you again. It was an atrocity. The U.S. Capitol and, and all the law enforcement element in Washington, D.C., they are well-versed on security protocol and on all the resources that are needed to implement a safe environment. There was a lack or discredit of intelligence that was not even recognized or that they decided not to act upon because this is a wealth or machine. The United States Capitol is a, a, is a people's place, so they're used to these mass uh, collection of people. So it's, it was a travesty in so many levels. And even as we're trying to go back and look at it again, there will be a time to assess the blame. But now we need to look at it from a different lens of where did we come short and what was the assessment to, to not prepare accordingly. What about, uh, I, I was, uh, I read earlier, I read a comment from Congressman Jim Clyburn uh, who said that his hidden office was discovered. They didn't touch the office with his name on it. He applied, it's an inside job. You know, that has to be, that, that, that has to be extremely scary to think that the people who are supposed to be protecting House uh, members of Congress could very well have been aiding or abetting those who stormed the Capitol. And that's why it has to be a thorough after action report. Just like how we saw that some of those officers uh, were, were pacifying or placating those, those, that, that mob. Uh, as federal employees, we are apolitical, and there is a standard and a professional uh, aptitude that one takes. And so again, 
a thorough after after report. It was a travesty on so many levels that they need to go back and look at it uh, step by step because it's not a lack of preparation that they didn't know how to do it, didn't know what to do. We know every four years there's an inauguration and it's a well-oiled machine with law enforcement from all over the nation to converge in for a safe environment. So again, we have to go back right now, not to, to assess blame, but again, go back and walk backwards to see where, where that lapse in, in, in decision-making decision -making was made. Um, the, um, I, I'm uh, hearing, uh, first of all, uh, the interim police chief is Yogananda uh, Pittman. She was a deputy to Stephen's son. She is now uh, the acting chief of Capitol Police, a sister uh, now. And um, the, the thing here, uh, how do you lead uh, an investigation of this type? Some people are saying put Capitol Police under Secret Service. Um, and so how does one go about even some people saying, you know, you got to purge the ranks of people uh, who were aiding and abetting these folks. How do you even do that? It starts with a collaborative effort, not only from the investigative arm of the Capitol Police, but external uh, uh, investigators to come in to make it unbiased. And so it has to start from day one of what that planning how they start planning and who made the ultimate decisions of not to execute, you know, the elements and the resources needed to control such. So it goes way back. They are very well tuned uh, and, and they have done this over and over without this occurring. So again, the decision makers, who did that and for what reason? And that's where we need to start because this is nothing new. It happens all the time. Now with the intel or whether they were biased in doing that and not to give the same um, protection and, and put the resources for a crowd of that nature versus what they did to Black Lives Matter is what we need to look at. Uh, we talked to Congresswoman um, Maxine Waters, and she had a meeting with the chief, the former chief now. We assure her everything is going to be fine. But what really bothers me is after, like in the midst of this coup d'etat, the Justice Department called and said, hey, we can send FBI agents. They go, nah, we're good. We got this under control. What? I would think in that situation, you say all hands on deck, send me everybody you got. Well, rolling in, it, it, you know, it, the proof is in the pudding. The images bear themselves out. We saw what happened. We saw that that was a mob. They call it insurrection or coup. Domestic terrorism is what it is. And so, again, that they, they were asleep at, at the wheel that they decided, you know, because this has not been done at a Trump uh, rally before. That's not that's not in-depth uh, intel. You still have to prepare and be on the ready. You know, one thing in all of my training as a federal agent, you are trained for what you know. You might not get to execute those skill set every day, but this is something that wasn't out of the ordinary. And, and a plan and a secure security plan was in place. There's a standing MOU throughout Washington, D.C., as we see all the time, and you know that even at the White House, Secret Service uh, guards the White House ground, park police handles the, the sidewalks, and Metropolitan handles the street. So it is a is ever uh, rotating um, jurisdictional support as 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 we we secure these these buildings in Washington D.C. So it wasn't that the security plan did not exist; 
The choice was made. Why didn't we execute it accordingly? Linda Williams, President of Noble, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for joining us. And thank you for having me. All right, got to go to a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, Donald Trump saying he's not going to go to Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's inauguration. Well, we ain't going to miss your punk ass not being there. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing. The man ca cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen. And my concern is that he would grab up that power and really uh, treat the country as sort of his uh, little bully fiefdom. Donald Trump is everything I taught my children not to do in kindergarten. He's been exploiting working Americans for 40 years. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He says he's for the little guy, but he's actually built a lot of his businesses on the backs of the little guy. You know, Donald Trump the other day said that, it, quote, if he tells a soldier to commit a war crime, the soldier will just go do it. And I don't think Donald Trump uh, uh, has, has even read the Constitution, knows what's in the Constitution. A toxic mix of demagoguery and mean-spiritedness and nonsense. I just cannot support Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a delusional narcissist and an orange-faced windbag. Donald Trump is a con artist. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. of your life that government in some way does not involve. I, mean, I, I, I crack up with these conservatives who down, talk about... Down to your name. Everything. Down to your name. Everything. I mean, I, I mean just, if you, if you actually sat down and said, okay, what part of my life, let me try to find something in my life that government mm -hmm. in, 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 does not have a part of, I can't think of a single thing. You can say... Fine, they don't impact my marriage. Which they do. Because mm -hmm. you got to get that marriage license. Yep, yep. From the birth to the tomb. And if you're going to be here in the United States of America, whether you like it or not, you got to know about it. You got to know its history. Because when somebody knows about you more than you know yourself, that's slavery. That's volunteer slavery. Yeah. So it's almost like double the education we got to pick up uh, mm -hmm. of what this place is all about, how it works, how it runs. I'm, I'm a firm believer being 112 countries that you got to think global and act local, but you better ACT act local. What still impacts and what creates change is when we mobilize. When we say we're not powerless, and if I get with you and you and you, and all of a sudden it's 10, then 20, then 100, then 500, then 2,000, then 5,000, all of a sudden you have mobilized people that creates that voting power. And then when you throw somebody out, it catches their attention real quick. But not only just that, 
they have to know what it is that they're standing for. Because if you have friends that talks politics, then of course we're having a decent conversation and I'm being educated at the same time. But if my group of people are not talking about that, then I still don't know. So I can unite with you and then I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that you have the voice, but what if you don't have the courage to speak? So you're still getting a group of people together that don't know how to do nothing. honor the work, understanding also that it has been, especially these last couple of years, full on under attack. It is organized labor. It is the leaders who are here and are watching who every day fight for working people in America. I'm in full support of those child care workers organizing to receive the benefits and, and, and the pay they deserve. We need to allow workers to unite. I will work against those right to work laws. And so I stand here in solidarity and in support of all the work that you do every day. All right, folks, so welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered. You know, it must be something for Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. He has spent the last four years kissing Donald Trump's ass, carrying his water. But you know, Lindsey Graham did not go along with the electors. He did not go along with blocking them. And so when Lindsey was at the Washington, at the DCA airport, the Washington National Airport today, this is what happened. You traitor! You traitor! You like me now, Lindsey Graham. All that ass kissing, and they hate your guts. All the golf he played with the president, all the protection, all the carrying the water, all that I got your back. This is, remember, this is all after the 2016 primary when he was talking about Trump like a dog, and then, of course, Trump won. Then he became his best friend, his golf buddy, and then he stood up for the Constitution in the end, and he gets attacked in National Airport. So, um, but 
but that's that. Those are the chickens coming home to roost for all of these Republicans that now have to deal with the consequences of basically driving off the cliff with this guy. He's messed up their party. Keep in mind, he became president. Obviously, the Republicans had the White House. They had the House of Representatives in 2016. They had the Senate. He lost it all. So all of this great, want to be great, all this wonderful about that he, he considered himself a great president, he lost all the gains that they made as a Republican Party. And now I don't even know if folks know what the Republican Party even stands for anymore. So um, you're right. How do you like me now? It's, a, it's a, you know, it's frankly, it's kind of fun to watch uh, as, as, <laughs> as, as, as a Democrat to watch them be in pain, trying to figure out how to answer these kinds of questions, what kind of votes they now have to take if this impeachment vote comes up. Because I'm with Michael. I Forget the 25th Amendment. None of them have any enough courage on the cabinet to do it. That includes the vice president. So you can forget that. The only chance that you have to hold them accountable at all is an impeachment. Um, impeachment. So we'll see what happens, whether there's enough time for a trial. But keep in mind, even after he leaves the presidency, a trial can still happen, which will then be controlled by Chuck Schumer. So there yes. still could be accountability for folks in the end. I have absolutely no sympathy whatsoever for that punk-ass Lindsey Graham. Michael <laughs> Imhotep, I have none. I'm punk-ass Trump, punk-ass Graham, punk-ass Ted Cruz. Punk ass Josh Harley, yep, punk ass Marsha Blackburn, punk ass <laughs> Kennedy, all of them. I, I got no, I, none, none, none whatsoever. They get everything they deserve because they have protected that thug. They had no decency, no morals, no values, no principles, and I don't care. I don't care what, what whatever. Cuss them out, yell, scream, holler. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way, Roland, uh, on a lot of that. Because, see, they aided and abetted Trump for the past four years. And we have to, we have to um, really understand, all these Republican senators, with the exception of uh, Mitt Romney, to a certain extent, all of them have blood on their hands. The reason why is, is not only have they aided and abetted Trump. But back in February 2020, when they had the chance to vote to remove him from office, and this was early on dealing with coronavirus, before it was even labeled a pandemic, they, they, they choked and they didn't remove him from office. People like Susan Collins said, oh, they think she thinks he learned this lesson, then she backtracked on that. Lisa Murkowski had the opportunity to vote to remove him from office, and, and they didn't do that. Now you got 360,000 people dead from coronavirus. If you had removed it from office and if you had lived up to your oath that you took to defend the Constitution against enemies both foreign and domestic, we wouldn't be in this situation now. Now you got 360,000 dead from coronavirus. You have a cratering economy. You have this insurrection that took place on January 6th. Okay, now you want to jump to the right side of history because African-Americans and Hispanics and Asian-Americans and, and some right-thinker white people rose up and voted his ass out of office. 
Now you want to jump to the right side of history. I have no sympathy for any of them. Lisa Murkowski just came out and, and, and she says she's for removing Trump from office uh, through impeachment. Why didn't you do that back in February 2020 when you had the chance? So I have no sympathy for them. And and if and if Dr. Greg and, Carr and was here, my friend Dr. Greg Carr, if he was here, he would call them the white nationalist party because that's exactly what the Republic, Republican Party is. They are the white nationalist party. Well, then they have their white nationalist apologists uh, like Ansley and Earnhardt on Fox News. Y'all listen to this BS. <laughs> All right, we're having an issue here. Give me one second. Uh, I was, I'm rolling this from Twitter, so it was acting up on me. Uh, but uh, y'all, this is just this is just is too much to even play this here. Um, uh, let me uh, see if I can reset this here uh, in a place not playing right now. Amisha, what's happening here is you got your conservative media. They are doing everything they can. Oh my goodness, uh, to offer excuses for Donald Trump and oh his people, they're so hurt. They're so bothered. I mean, what do they do? They don't know where we're going, the future of America. Uh, I mean, they, they are just, and I'm telling you, part of the problem here is conservative media. They are part of the problem because they're the ones who refuse to speak truth to these people. They feed them lies. They feed them BS. They feed this stuff. And what happens is you got people who live in these places where it's conserv where it's eight and ten conservative talk show hosts, and it's 24-7. They're watching Fox, and then, ooh, Fox not crazy enough. Let's go to Newsmax. Newsmax not crazy enough. Let's go to OAN. I mean, these people make the John Birch Society look like the Tri-Delts. I mean, that, that, that's how crazy we are. And I keep telling people, these unhinged white folk are not going anywhere because they cannot handle the browning of America and it's going to get worse. Prepare for it. No, you're, you're, you're correct once more. Um, between Fox, OAN, Newsmax, they became an echo chamber for the Trump conspiracy lies. Um, they operated as another wing of the White House, as his own personal press. And I, I feel as though at this point, after the insurrection acts that we saw, of course, it's great that uh, Trump got banned from Twitter. But why did it take that? Just a few months ago, hell, a lot of his followers staged a kidnapping plot for a sitting governor. Um, there's a lot here that should have been deemed extremely problematic and dangerous a long time ago, and no one cared. And now Fox News can't even seem to create a way to backtrack the, the many ways that they've handicapped this system. They, at this point, they are trying to basically downplay the actions of these individuals. Oh, you know, they're, they, they, they feel economically lost or they feel like they, their party abandoned them. No, they got hella upset because what they believe was that Donald Trump, because he told them on Twitter and at rallies and anywhere else he could go, that Mike Pence was going to pull a last minute Hail Mary and give them what they wanted. Give Trump the election. That just wasn't going to happen. And once these individuals noticed that it wasn't, they were ready to become armed and dangerous. And let's not act like they went out and grabbed arms on the on the day of. They came here with things intent on violence if things did not go the way that they wanted them to go, because that's what Trump directed them to do. And Fox News and OAN and Newsmax and anyone else who tries to call it anything other than what it was, they are just as complicit. And even in the day, the days after, and we're still seeing deaths, we're still seeing exactly what the extent of that violence was, 
they, for whatever reason, cannot come to the grips with the fact that they also have blood on their hands. They helped to create this problem. And I think that, to be honest, there are certain Republicans, Josh Hawley, absolutely one of them, but also ver various people in, um, in conservative media who don't want this crowd of chaos to go away. They're enjoying watching this because they see this as something that could potentially quell what they see as a big threat to their way of life. And that is the black people. That is the brown people. That is our country turning towards more people of color and actually, you know, black and brown people having voices and exercising those voices, not only at the polls, but also in terms of leadership. They're getting upset because they actually have to compete. They're getting upset because there's no longer this automatic job that's waiting for them that they don't also have to compete with a person of color for. They're getting upset when they're watching more and more black women graduated rates that eclipse that of all other demographics. There's a lot that they're frustrated about, and it has absolutely nothing to do with party or partisan politics and everything to do with race. Uh, here's that ridiculous uh, comment from Ainsley Earnhardt. Y'all listen to this stupidity. There are 75 million people that voted for President Trump, and they're scared. They're worried about what the future of this country looks like. Many of them... They're confused. They are. They're confused. They're heartbroken that their candidate didn't win, and they don't want to be forgotten. And Tucker Carlson really hit, hit home with this last night. Listen. You know, there are 75 million people that voted for President Trump, and they're scared. They're worried about what the future of this country looks like. Many of Michael, they're scared. <laughs> Michael Powell, they're scared. Michael, they don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, is the sun going to come up tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, what's going to happen? Are we going to wake up tomorrow and we're all wearing French berets? I mean, what's going to happen tomorrow? Are we all going to be forced to eat Canadian maple syrup? I mean, it's, I mean, really, I mean, it's what's going to happen next week? Will there be fajitas for breakfast in the morning? What's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I mean, th this is, this was the last election of all elections. Who knows if there's going to be a presidential election in 24? I, I think Joe Biden might live to be 178. Oh my goodness, that means he's gonna be the president for the next century? I, I, I just don't know what, we, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, are, are we supposed to wake up tomorrow and go to work because Donald Trump lost? I, 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 I just don't know what we're going to do with ourselves because our hero, our standard bearer, our North Star, he's fallen. What do we do? Follow the fucking directions. If you've fallen, get up. <laughs> Which Michael? People are sick. Michael Powell. They're sick. They're stupid. Michael Powell is stupid. They're stupid. Oh, my God. You know what, Henry, go ahead and go, go to the iPad again. President Trump, and they're scared. They're worried about what the future of this country looks like. Many of them... They're confused. They are. They're confused. They're heartbroken that their candidate didn't win, and they don't want to be forgotten. And Tucker Carlson really hit, hit home with this last night. Listen. You know, there are 75 million... <laughs> Michael Powell, they don't want to be forgotten. 
You're not forgotten. The FBI is looking for your asses right now. Trust me, you're not forgotten. We all know who y'all are. Michael Powell, go ahead. I don't think he can hear you, Roland. Michael Powell. Michael Powell, Michael go Powell. ahead. Yeah, you know, it is the it is the definition, yeah. it is the definition of white privilege, which you just uh, articulated, Roland, and and that's what happened on 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 Wednesday. I mean, there was just this these these attitudes of um, well, the crowd is gonna be probably all white or mostly white. I don't think we need to have uh, police on horseback or tanks or fences. Um, we don't need to have it, whether it's inside job or not. There should be a colorblind protocol for security. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving or Black Lives Matter or these white supremacist racist groups. They should all be treated the same relative to security protocols. And that's part of my frustration, Roland, as you know, with DC being a DC guy and uh, D.C. not being a state yet, is on certain things, we should be able to do our own security. For example, yes, the Capitol Hill complex is the Capitol Police, at least as of now, until maybe things change. But the streets are ours. And we could have, we, those black fences that are now up are actually on D.C. streets. And we could have done that ourselves. There's nothing wrong with us. We don't have to ask permission on certain things. Not everything we have to ask permission on. There's nothing obviously wrong with working with the federal government on different security matters, but we don't have to ask, to ask permission for everything. That's why we need to be a state. So then there's no confusion, no confusion on when the National Guard comes up or when the head of our state, soon to be state, can call a neighboring state and say, hey, can you please bring your National Guard in without having to go through several different phone calls and, di and different bureaucratic agencies to get the help. Um, so there are a lot of different things that hopefully come out during these investigations outside of the terrible part about five people dying, um, obviously our, the Capitol being uh, um, run over by white supremacists and, and Trump, Trump supporters. So there are a lot of other things too that may come out of this that hopefully help move things forward like DC statehood. Uh, Amisha, I've really got to stay on stupid Ainsley Earnhardt. I, I, I got one more, okay? Y'all are going to really love this one. Roll it. You know what? Mike Pence can just wave that magic wand. It'll all be fixed. I hope that doesn't taint their relationship because they have been such supporters of one another and been a good team because uh, Donald Trump... Be, how can it be good after that? I'm sure it won't be, but I hope that... You know, I hope the president will be able to forgive him because Mike Pence is such a, a, a stellar individual. His walk with God is amazing. I mean, he's he's a good man. And, um, you know, both of them have done a lot to help the country. And I hope that they can move forward and move past this and just agree that there were there were differences. I'm sure the president feels like um, I'm responsible for him becoming vice president. So he should have done this for me. But the president, as you've been saying all along, Brian, um, the vice president has stood by his side and supported him all along the way. So hopefully uh, their friendship won't end after this for the good of the country. I bet you it's done. Yeah, uh, I know. So you know what? Mike Pence can just wave that. Okay, and um, Amisha, um, when Steve Ducey is the voice of common sense, <laughs> you know you're an idiot. <laughs>
because he is truly one of the dumbest people on television. Ainsley Earnhardt makes Steve Ducey look like <laughs> magna cum laude. Well, Roland, we have seen time after time how quick Donald Trump disposes of <coughs> his would-be alliances when they no longer work for him. When the moment that Mike Pence signaled that he was not going to, um, that he was not going to not only reverberate <laughs> the statements that we heard from Donald Trump about the election being fraudulent and all of that, but also um, go back and, and basically go against his constitutional and procedural duty as assigned on Tuesday. And it has been historically done for year after year after year um, in terms of the presidential transition, it was over. That relationship was done. And Donald Trump knew that Mike Pence wasn't going to do it. He knew that his pressure campaign wasn't going to work the entire time. And that's why I think there's so much honorist to be paid on Donald Trump's culpability in this entire heinous situation, because he knew that Mike Pence was going to be a man of the Constitution in that moment. And to Ainsley, I honestly don't understand where she's been over the past four years. Donald Trump throws away friends and acquaintances like used toilet paper. This is not a new thing. It doesn't matter how long he's known these individuals. He acts like he doesn't know you, um, just like Peter did in the Bible. Cock got crows three times and it's over. I, I don't know you. I ain't never seen you. And I, I'm just surprised. Well, not surprised because she's been touting lies on Fox forever. It's, it's frustrating that she's continually pushing this narrative. But I think that some Republicans like her are doing it because the recognition is that Mike Pence will still have a place in the Republican Party. The idea from a lot of the Fox News types was that Trump was supposed to be the kingmaker. He was bringing in fundraising dollars. Um, he was helping some state elected officials get to their positions. And all of that died when they lost the Senate. That died when he completely lost his large number. This wasn't a small electoral victory for Joe Biden. He mopped the floor with Donald Trump. And I think that, you know, that reset the entire narrative. And now it's this Hail Mary, let's try to bring together the the the, the old band and put them back together again because Mike Pence is the one who's gonna come out of this shining, not Donald Trump. Absolutely. Positively enjoying the complete meltdown <laughs> of the folks at Fox News. In fact, I'm looking for clips of crazy-ass Lou Dobbs. Um, yeah. If you want to see somebody who's even dumber than Ainsley Earnhardt, that's Greg Gutfeld. First of all, mm. I don't understand why this fool is even on a news show, okay? I think he's a comedian. I think he's a faux comedian. He's not funny, just saying. But um, listen to this masterful whining. I understand why calling for an audit that Cruz wanted and Trump wanted is a call for an insurrection. It was a preventative, because I've said this a thousand times, that when you remove dialogue or a conversation or just going back and forth from the process, all you end up with is violence. And you have people who feel like there's no hope. And I think what we're seeing here is a lot of people with no hope. And I would like to coin a phrase. I think the genie is out of the bottle on this. There's going to be, there's no way to turn this back. You have millions of people who do not trust their institutions. And you know what? They're justified. You can't trust the media because they lie to you. You can't trust the elections because there is fraud. There is fraud. We don't know how much there is because every time someone brings it up, they're dismissed as conspiratorial rubes. We got to change because it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Another phrase I just coined. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah really on the roll here. Again, um, something Greg you just had said. Original. Can Gabe, I just... you, Greg, you had you had Gabe Sterling. You had a Republican election official right. in Georgia go down the line and say. Yes. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 no. He cherry-picked. He you know, cherry-picked. Mr. Raffensperger. Hang on. Hang no, on, you're, you're please. just spouting Mr. what we already heard. The Secretary not, of State. Well, I'm just telling you all, that when you say that uh, people aren't answering these questions, that people aren't looking into these issues, that's not them. true. And by what the way, it's true. Saying they're debunked, is, saying they're debunked gosh, is not answering the question. You guys don't want me to speak today because Dude, you you've are been talking on your for two heels. days. You are so defensive. You've been talking for two no, days. I I had to turn I'm it trying off. to speak to you, Greg. I'm, I'm right listening. here speaking to you, laugh. and I'm telling you that Republicans, election officials, have said there is not this issue that we you know that's why I say those people were lied to okay. they were fed lies and incited they are on social oh. media and they are Can receiving points of that total distortion Can I respond? that's why they think that okay. you talk about 75 million who need to be yes. heard yes. why should we hear people who are being fed lies there you go we finally got to the point these people are so stupid that they fell for Trump's lies that's what I they think about that. you. You said you're just, that. I, just, I said they I just were compressed being it. fed lies. I, I was your editor today, Juan. No, you I just distorted it. They are no. not stupid. They are being fed lies. They're is gullible. What I just said to you. They're naive. Unlike you, Juan. Hey, Juan. You see right through it. You know, hey, Juan. You know what a big seconds. lie was that they were fed? That the whole country was fed? That Hunter was clean and his <laughs> laptop was hacked and it was a Russian scam. That lie right there by your friends in the media in corporate America, that right there probably had more impact on this election than any of the little shenanigans you guys cooked up in Wayne County or Fulton County. And that's a fact, and that's not a lie, and you can't right. deny that at all. I'm a, if, I, my last comment's gonna be, to 74 million voted for Trump, 80 million voted for Biden, we're all Americans. Let's not figure out a way to come together. <laughs> we'll figure out that, okay. More on the five. I'm coming up next. So, uh, so Michael Imhotep, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, idiot Greg <laughs> Gutfield says, we need to have dialogue, but he won't let Juan talk. Right. Then he says that you can't trust the media because they lie. Then he lied. Then he said, there's voter fraud, but we can't talk about it. Because then you call a kook, where's your evidence? I mean, right. literally, the lying that he says exists, and then he says the media lies, you're a dude on a, me on, on, you're a media dude on a TV show, and you're lying. So basically, he was really talking about himself. Well, you know, it's a number of different things wrong with that, uh, wrong with that segment, Roland. I'm glad you played it. Uh, that garbage that's on Fox News is an example of why I canceled my subscription to the to the Wall Street Journal, because the Wall Street Journal is owned by Rupert Murdoch and Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News also. Um, Greg Guffman, um, he he um, the, the reason the only reason I think he's on that show is because of white white privilege. He's totally unqualified to be on a, show, a news show or a show masquerading as a news show. There were about 60 lawsuits that the Trump campaign and these various nonsensical groups filed trying to overturn the results of a lawful election. All those suits were thrown out uh, uh, thrown out of court, basically, unless they withdrew from the suit. Uh, they were ruled against by uh, judges 
who were nominated by Democratic and Republican presidents. Uh, they only won one lawsuit that was in Pennsylvania dealing with how close poll workers could be to, uh, to how, how close uh, poll watchers could be to people uh, counting the votes. All right. But what we really what we really see here, if we connect this to what happened in Georgia with the Senate races. OK, this is not just the fear of the browning of America. But this is the fear of some white people, not all white people, some white people feeling their white supremacy slipping away from them. Uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock won that Senate race a second time, and he wasn't supposed to. Because going back to 1963, you had a white supremacist segregationist state representative named Denmark Groover, who implemented the runoff election rule for statewide elections. It was specifically designed to keep African-Americans from having statewide power, from winning statewide elections. So this is why they, this is why you had the runoff election. And, and what they said was that, that if African-Americans coalesce their uh, votes around one African-American candidate and white people split their votes among white candidates, then you have to have a runoff election between the two top vote-getters if no one gets 50%, so white people could coalesce around white supremacy and whiteness to defeat the African-American candidate. It didn't work this time. And you got a lot of these, well, you have a lot of these people, not all white people, but enough of them, so 74 million of them voted for Trump, who can't handle this, okay? Well, you, but see, this is the chickens coming home to roost. You on stolen land and borrowed time. You on land stolen from Native Americans and indigenous African people and then also Hispanic Mexicans, okay? And they can't handle the fact that, that some of them can't handle the fact that they're losing power, all right? So when, when, when uh, the, the woman said that who speaks for them, you know, they, they don't know what's going to happen yet. They don't, they don't know what's going to happen next. Most of them have never been in this situation before because they've always had white privilege to fall back on and they feel it slipping away from them now. Um, but they can always depend upon the protector of whiteness, Tucker Carlson. Right. Listen to this <laughs> utter silliness, Michael Brown, from last night. Much more concerned we are about whether Donald Trump can claim that he actually won Pennsylvania or Arizona or whatever. The Trump protest at the Capitol yesterday is already being used as a pretext for an unprecedented crackdown on civil liberties. Just in the last several hours, we have heard people in positions of power and authority demand that those who support Donald Trump should no longer be allowed to publish books or use the Internet or fly on airplanes. Driving cars, holding jobs, staying in hotels, those will certainly be next. And we're barely exaggerating. In fact, we're predicting it. To justify mind-bending, terrifyingly un-American demands like these, they are, as usual, relying on lies and hysteria. What happened yesterday, telling us, wasn't simply that a political protest got out of hand after the president recklessly encouraged it. That is, in fact, what happened. But it's not what they're saying. Instead, they're calling it domestic terrorism. CNN describes it as an insurrection. Chuck Schumer likened it to Pearl Harbor. It was really our generation's 9-11. And needs to say it was white supremacy. Today, to name just one small but revealing example, the Berkshire School in Massachusetts, a boarding school that cost $64,000 a year to attend, sent a letter to parents describing what happened yesterday as, quote, these acts of violence and racism. Now, if you're a literal person tied to outdated Western notions of linear thought and fact, that might confuse you. 
racism? Whatever you thought about what happened yesterday, what was racist about it? Well, nothing, of course. There was nothing racist about it. The Berkshire School is lying. So is everyone else on the left. Why are they doing that? Simple. They know that if they keep saying it, history will record it as true. They understand, in other words, the power of language, and that's why they try to control language. They know that words have consequences. This is scary. In the face of it, the party that should be stepping in to stop it, to push back, to tell the truth. Okay. Um, here's what I find to be so hilarious about that. Tucker Carlson says folks are lying. That's what Tucker does every single night. Mm -hmm. Like every single night. Then what happens, Michael Brown, is, is little Tucker, um, this whole oh, Trump supporters are gonna get banned. No, 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 no. Tucker, let me help you out. They didn't say ban Trump supporters from flying. They said ban the terrorist. Now, he literally said things got out of hand. They stormed the U.S. Capitol. They ransacked offices of members of Congress. They stormed the House floor, the Senate floor. Folks were arrested with 11 Molotov cocktails. A two devices were dropped off that were explosive devices found outside of the RNC and the DNC. A truck was discovered that had more explosive, explosive in it, lots of rifles and other gear. There's a photo of one of these white domestic terrorists literally with the twist handcuffs, about 30 of them in his hand, and he is wearing on his body uh, essentially body armor and has a Glock on his hip. I'm sorry, please explain to me, Michael, how that just got a little out of hand. Yeah, way out of hand. I think Tucker is, uh, you know, they're doing everything they can to try to figure out how to rationalize what happened uh, to their viewers, um, because they, if you believe the lies that they've been fed, they need some kind of understanding of what's happening, but they are domestic terrorists. I don't think there's any question about that, and I hope um, some of these charges do grow into those kind of domestic terrorism charges, because they're extremely significant uh, relative to penalties and sentencing. Um, so, you know, but one thing that was interesting he mentioned, and my wife just showed me uh, something that Sidney Powell and Michael Flynn have now both been banned from Twitter. Uh, so I don't know if the president was passing messages through them to tweet, uh, but now they're banned uh, from Twitter. So it does seem to, and I think Tucker had mentioned that, that uh, the can't, you know, about the whole cancel uh, culture we're in. But, you know, it's too bad that you, you brought this on yourself. This is all self-inflicted by this administration, by the president. Uh, they've all done this to themselves, thinking, remember, one of the reasons they've been so cavalier is because they thought, oh, it doesn't matter. Bill Barr will take care of you in the end. Don't worry about it. Lindsey Graham and the Senate and our fellow and our senators, well, Republican senators will take care of us. Don't worry about it. They'll protect us. Mitch McConnell will protect us. Um, Representative McCarthy will protect us. 
don't worry, Matt Gates will protect us. We'll be okay. And now uh, they've gone so far when you've attacked another branch of government. Basically, that's what it was. The executive branch attacked the legislative branch. That's what happened. And so I think some folks, it's, it's gotten a little too much and they don't know how to recover. No, they don't know how to recover because they don't want to be honest about what took place. Y'all, here is video of Republican Congresswoman Mary Miller, who was recently sworn in speaking at a QAnon event in front of the Capitol earlier this week. Y'all, where she invoked Hitler. Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. Um, play that again. <laughs> Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. <laughs> so, Amisha, we're now quoting Hitler. Yeah, I mean, we were already in an extremely dangerous space, uh, but we have seen more and more, more and more of these conservatives quote very questionable characters. Um, Hitler being one of those people who I would assume no, no American, regardless of what side of the aisle, what political stripe you have, and if you don't have one at all, everyone knows who Hitler is and knows the history and the tragedies that came from him and his and his reign of terror. I, I think that at this point. There isn't too much we can expect from these conservative leaders, uh, partially because they've been able to get away with so much for so long. Also because they saw Trump run rickshot on our government. They saw him rip apart our constitution. They saw him throw democracy to the curb. And I, I think that what he did was create his own disciples out here who feel as though they can do and say anything. So Tucker Carlson, one thing he said in that statement was right. Words do have consequences. But Republicans need to learn what those happen to be. I don't feel sorry for anyone who is losing book deals, hashtag Josh Hawley, or anyone else who was involved in this Insurrection Act who are now losing their jobs because photos of them are plastered all over social media. That's the cost of basically terrorizing our country. That is the cost of being a domestic terrorist. That is the cost of insurrection. That is the cost of five deaths. That is the cost of attacking police. Like. I don't know what they thought was going to come of this. We saw what we saw was something that should never happen on American soil and definitely nothing that should ever happen from Americans themselves. This is really frustrating because Fox News and several other conservative sources went round and round the bin talking about how Democrats would be the ones to be aggressive. They would be the ones to who, who needed to be policed because if Biden didn't get in, then they were going to be in the streets hooting, hollering and throwing things and setting things ablaze. We saw that that didn't happen in, in 2016 when Trump got elected. Nothing was burned up. Nobody incited rights at the Capitol. Nobody did any of that. But here, in 2020, well, in 2021 at this point, there has to be a day of reckoning for not only Donald Trump and his co-conspirators and those crazies who were out there causing chaos and mayhem, but also these right-wing media sources and those on the dark web who have influencer check marks by their names, who are absolutely fine funneling Trump's lies despite the fact that they knew all along what those things would lead to. And Fox News is culpable as well. I, 
Michael M. Hotep, I, I really believe yes. sometimes we need um, a little comic relief. So <laughs> we might as well go to that Trump-loving little leprechaun, Terrence Williams. If, if y'all want to see uh, true, uh, matter of fact, maybe, maybe, maybe I should do this here. Henry, go to the wide shot. Go to the wide shot. Uh, so y'all, uh, this is Terrence. This is uh, Terrence Williams doing his little tap dance show. <laughs> his little tap dance. His little tap. His little. His little tap dance routine. Y'all, wa wa watch this. I I, I just want to give y'all some comic relief on this Friday uh, before the weekend. Here, little leprechaun, uh, Terrence Williams. Do y'all not know that they just banned the president of the United States of America? I don't give a damn what side you on. They just banned the president of the United States of America. Every single body in this country should be alarmed by that. Do y'all not? I don't care what side you on. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you, if you are a Republican. I don't care if you are a liberal or a conservative. They just banned the president. Do they really got that much power? Where they are silencing the president of the United States of America? And y'all think this shit is funny? I don't care about my language right now. I don't give a damn. This is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. And y'all know it. <laughs> if they are coming for the president, you damn right they're coming for you too. You damn right they coming for me. This is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Follow me on Parlor. Twitter, Where? you can kiss my ass. Well, you know, brother, it's um, first of all, man, when you have um, uh, so-called black people that want to side with a white supremacist like Trump, they have to ask themselves what happens to them when they have outlived their usefulness to white supremacy. That's the first thing. Uh, but if we look at the reporting from NBC News, Twitter permanently suspends President Donald Trump. Twitter said after close review of recent tweets from at real Donald Trump account and the context around them, we have permanently permanently suspended the account due to the risk of further incitement of violence. OK, that's the official statement from Twitter. So all you got to do is roll tape and look at what happened. OK, and Trump encouraged that. So, yeah, it's long overdue for him to be permanently banned from, from Twitter. He's received warnings. He's had uh, tweets that where he put out false information. He's one of the biggest purveyors of conspiracy theories. OK, he has 100, 100 million followers. So rightfully so. Then you had uh, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, a traitor. You had Sidney Powell. They, they, uh, they, their Twitter accounts were suspended earlier today than Trump's. But then we also see that uh, Apple 
has put uh, Parler on notice. Uh, your little friend <laughs> mentioned Parler there. Apple has BuzzFeed News reports that Apple has threatened to ban Parler from the Apple Store, from the App Store. Uh, the social networking app favored by conservatives has been given 24 hours to institute a moderation policy. OK, so what we're seeing is, is when you have unhinged white supremacy, then you see insurrections like this that take place. So, so you know, when, when you got people, when you got people, when you got, and, and I'm not trying to make this specific, I'll wrap up with this. I'm not trying to make this specifically about any one of these nonsensical, idiotic black conservatives, okay, who who side with Trump. But a lot of them, man, when they, if, if they if they had a rally like that, they're going to have to have a sign on them that says, I'm one of the good ones. Otherwise, they're going to get their asses knocked out. That's what's going to happen to them. So you you, you got to understand what Michael, happens. Well, you got to well, ask Michael? yourself the question, what happens to you when you outlive your usefulness to white supremacy? Well, Michael, since you said you might get your ass knocked out. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Oh, no. I'm white. I got you, bro. Don't put me in the box. Keep the three of it on my property. Whoa! Hey! You don't live here. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, y'all, I got a good one. I got, I got my Sugar Ray Little move on. I came across this video. Y'all, they had at the Capitol little protest for Trump. Sister, white woman, oh, wait till y'all see this. Roll it. tried to grab a sister's phone and her sister was like and she hit her with one of the Mike Tyson is like damn she quick with that jab roll it It's better, Henry. Go to my iPad. Y'all, the woman who got her ass knocked out by the sister, her daughter posted this. Hi, Mom. 
Remember the time you told me I shouldn't go to the BLM protest because they could get violent? This you? Damn Michael Brown. Lord, the white woman ain't got a mouth blooded, messing with her sister, and now she getting her ass trolled by her own daughter. Chickens, chickens are coming to roost everywhere, all over, all over the place. My, I mean, this is just crazy. But I'm glad the sister did what she needed to do, sitting in front of all them folks in that crowd. She defended herself, because I don't know why the lady's reaching for her phone anyway. Not her property. She had every right to defend herself and defend her property. I'm glad she smacked her. All I'm saying, Amisha, when your daughter troll your ass after getting your nose busted, and then, <laughs> then Helena, she... First of all, Helena has since closed her tweets. That's why I can't see the rest, because she posted. Just in case y'all didn't think that was my mama, she posted a photo of her mama with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a certain level of, oh, my God, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do type thing, where she tried to instill in her daughter this crazy fear of, of BLM and that BLM protests were ultimately dangerous. Meanwhile, mom is out here being a straight clown, snatching people's personal <laughs> property and not expecting to get walked. Um, that girl's hands were really quick. The one frustrating thing that I saw in that video was as soon as she knocked the hell out of that woman, um, the, the man stood up and, and kind of looked like he was about to get aggressive. Um, and, and, you know, when, whenever that happens, that's, that's a little much for me. Because that woman got exactly what she deserved All because she, she, you know, she extended her hand. At the end of the day, none of this would have happened if she had to try Michael, to reach and grab that woman's phone. So with as much fear as they act Michael, like they have of black people, uh, sometimes yeah, yeah. when it comes to actually committing a violent act towards them or doing something they shouldn't be doing towards black people, they feel like they can get away with it scot-free. And this woman showed that that's definitely not the case. You can catch these hands. <laughs> here's he, he the, he the Michael in Ho, him hotel. Here it is. The sister's talking on the phone. Talking right. on the phone. White woman try to grab the phone. Sister goes, I know your ass didn't. Yep. That's right. Cross. You know, um, a lot of these people, man, have a, and I'm not talking about all white people, but it's, it's two things that's, that we see here. A lot of them are acting out of white supremacy on steroids where they think they can just do whatever they want to do and get away with it. A lot of this is being encouraged by Trump, okay? Uh, and Trump has security. They don't, okay? Notice that. Trump has security. They don't. When, 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 he, had, when, he, had the, uh, when he had the little rally before the, the uh, uh, domestic terrorists went to the U.S. Capitol, he told them, let's go to the Capitol and I may go with you. He didn't go with them. He went, I think he went back to the White House to watch it on TV. And then, and, then, and, and then you see them getting arrested. But the other thing is, is that because of a lot of the protests that took place this summer, George Floyd and different things like that, you had a lot, you had a lot of, um, it was, it was um, interracial, okay? Different ethnic groups were out protesting and a lot of youth were out protesting, all right? Some of their parents are supporting Trump, okay, while some of their children yep. are supporting Black Lives Matter. 
and we're, and, we're, and we're seeing some of their children exposing the white supremacy of their parents. But lastly, brother, yep. we're really going to have to look at uh, boycotting some of these corporations that advertise in, uh, on Fox News and these other right-wing conservative media outlets that promote nonsense like the clips you just showed also. All right, folks, time for our weekly education segment. Roll it. Y'all, we, we were going to talk about uh, COVID with my, my next guest. Uh, he is Dennis McKessie. He's the CEO and board chairman of the Off the School Grounds Coalition. Uh, Dennis, glad to have you in Rollermark Unfiltered. But Dennis, I'm about to throw you a curveball, uh, but I want Please. you just to roll with me, okay? You ready? Absolutely. All right, yes, so I'm Dennis, ready. here's the curveball. Here's, here's what's happening right now. It's a lot of young people who went to this Trump insurrection rally and people who stormed the Capitol. A lot of schools right now are trying to figure out what do they do? Do they ban these kids? There are people who are getting fired from their jobs. There was a lawyer in Texas who got fired, who stormed the Capitol. There's a CEO of a company uh, in Illinois who's been placed on leave. Other people have, have gotten fired. There was a one guy who was wearing uh, a couple out of Maryland who's wearing his employee ID, he's been fired. So I just want to get your thoughts from an education standpoint. How do schools, how do education leaders deal uh, with this whole issue of uh, these folks who were at a rally when they tried to storm uh, the Capitol? I'm just curious, um, what, your, your thoughts on that and how, how that has to be dealt with? Well, well Roland, well, Roland um, I don't know if you can hear me, um, can you hear me, Roland? Yeah, I got you. I, 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 yeah, we so, got you. We got so, you. Go ahead. So, so if there's any, if there's anything more ridiculous about what took place the other day at the Capitol, it's like you asking me for a four footer on on 18 for birdie. Like, let's just be honest. What we saw the other day was a deliberate act of just terror. And when people look back at this as educators, and you see who these people are, and these are the people that are responsible for educating our children. There is no other way to look at this than that they need to be removed from these schools. They need to get away from children of color. They need to get away from schools that 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 promote equity and and promote, you know, um, you know, diversity and things like that. Absolutely. There is no room for it in education. There's no room for it anywhere. But just like all of the football coaches and the politicians that decided to show up there and do what they did. It's time for educators to stand up as well and start calling those people out for who they are. Rightful, rightfully so. See, man, get rid of them as quickly as possible. And see, what we're dealing with now also, man, we're down dealing with teachers. We're dealing with principals. We're dealing, see. Absolutely. I, I, somebody, I, I've, been asked, I've been asked numerous times by people, what were my feelings as this thing was unfolding on Wednesday? And I actually said I smiled. And the reason I smiled, and I said, I wasn't relishing it. I said, I smiled because I said, see, y'all all about to see what black folks been trying to explain to y'all. Y'all are about to see how the white supremacists are showing themselves. And see, Dennis, the beauty is, these dumbasses live streamed it. They took, <laughs> they were out there, hey, hey, we just stormed the Capitol. 
works and, for and, me. And you wonder, now and you wonder it's easy why. To find, y'all. And Roland, and Roland, you wonder why. You wonder why our children suffer, right? You wonder why they suffer in the classroom because when somebody's that stupid, that ignorant, and that entitled, that they think that they can get away with that. That basically lets you know what goes on in those classrooms every single day. So, again, there's no room for it whatsoever as an educator. I truly believe that those people are the exact reason, are the exact reason why our educational system suffers the way it does. It's just stupidity on top of stupidity. See, the the, the thing here that I think that people have to understand from an education standpoint it's the same thing where the Capitol Police said that you had cops and military people who were coming and that showing their ID. I do not want a white supremacist teaching my nieces. I do not want a white supremacist uh, teach, uh, uh, teaching my nephews. And that, Dennis, is the real issue here that people need to understand here. And a lot of these folks on the right are real upset because ABC had posted an article about this cleansing of the movement. And I said, yeah, cleansing is the appropriate word because we have got to cleanse evil and hate. And if they're in our classrooms, if they are principals, if they are administrators, if they are school board members, we cannot trust these folks dealing with our children. Listen, I totally agree with that. And, you know, unfortunately... Those things were a lot more covert in years past. But now, again, because of the, 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 the perception of entitlement that they thought they had up to this point, that they thought that they can go there and live stream everything that they wanted, just like they would in the past, understand now that they are going to pay a heavy and hefty price as a result of that. You don't get back that. You don't get back what you put on social media. You don't get back the images that of you doing of doing those things and participating in this type of this type of atrocity. So I truly believe that what what you know we talk about the 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 negatives behind social media, but I tell you one thing. If there was ever a day that I loved social media, it sure enough was this past week when them jokers decided they wanted to run up in the Capitol. So again, those principals, those school leaders, those of you who get a chance to go and see this stuff, if you see anybody from your staff that was there acting stupid. I suggest, I recommend, I strongly recommend that you imp- report them to the Human Resource Department of your district ASAP because we need to get them away from our kids immediately. I, I agree 100%. And, and let me just remind uh, folk, I'm, I'm all about my, my, my selfie lessons, uh, to all of the Trump people, do me a favor. When y'all shooting y'all videos, I want y'all to clean the front lens. Then I want y'all to clean (laughs) the back lens. And then, do me a favor, I want y'all to hold a phone like this so we so we shoot shoot y'all videos horizontal. So when y'all are storming the Capitol or State House, I want y'all to shoot the video horizontal. So when we show it on Roller Martin Unfiltered, it's gonna fill up the whole screen as opposed to uh, as opposed to uh, you know uh, shooting it vertical with the black side. See, I, I want to see all of your whiteness uh, in uh, the picture there, so we can easily identify y'all for the FBI. I love it. That's an education lesson, Dennis, for the folk on how to properly shoot video. 
<laughs> we, I love it. I love it. And again, you know, you might need you you might need to do another YouTube video on that because I think some people don't always get it. But you know what? The great thing about again social media, you can you think you you think you you've deleted your post, but better believe somebody screenshotted that joint before you did. So let's just keep that in mind, Roland. That when we talk about what needs to happen in education. What this allows us to be able to do is to start to acknowledge the fact that there are people, there are white supremacists, there are people who don't give a shit about our kids. And so I think it's very important that moving forward that we make sure that they understand, that they understand that they're being watched, they're being monitored, and they will be dealt severely as possible. All right, Dennis, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for rolling with, with the punches. We, look, look, the topic, it, 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 moved, it flowed perfectly because literally schools are dealing with this right now on how to deal with folks and universities as well who were at the rally, who were storming the Capitol. And so hopefully they'll take your advice. We appreciate it, bro. Thanks a lot. Likewise. Thank you, Roland. Speak to you soon. All right. Thank you so very much. All right, y'all, last story. Uh, the Puerto Rican woman, uh, really, the more, like, more, like, more like the Soho camera. Remember uh, the woman, Maya Ponceto, uh, who accused the 14-year-old brother of uh, the trumpeter's son of stealing her iPhone when her dumb ass left it in her Uber? Well, she's now been arrested in California, uh, and she's going to be brought back to New York. But y'all, Gail King sat down with her. They showed a portion of the interview today. They're going to show the rest of it on Monday, Ooh, I'm, ooh, j j j just, just roll it, Henry. Just roll it. Mia, help me understand. What made you think that Keon had your phone? That's why I'm confused. Why did you think he had it? I was approaching the, the people that had been exiting the hotel because in my mind, anybody exiting is probably the one that might be the one that is trying to steal my phone. I admit, yes, I could have approached the situation differently or maybe not yelled at him like that and made him feel, you know, maybe some sort of uh, inferior way, making him feel as if I was like hurting his feelings because that's not my intention. I, I consider myself to be super sweet. I really never ever meant for it to like hurt him or his father either. Are you saying that you were stopping everybody in the lobby asking them about your phone? Is that what you're saying? Um, not everyone. Just the just the people that in the meantime, while, while the hotel manager was checking the, the footage, I just wanted to do my part as best as I could. You just described yourself as super sweet. I know you've seen the video. When you look at the video, the reaction seems very extreme. It doesn't seem like it's someone who's super sweet. How would you feel if you were alone in New York and you know, you're going to spend time with your family during the holidays and you lose the one thing that gets stolen from you that has all of the access to the only way that you're able to get back home. I just don't think I would randomly attack people is, is what I'm saying to you. I know you said you could have handled it better, but I just don't think I would randomly attack people in the manner in which you did. What do you think when you look at that video? You're standing there in your leggings and your flip-flops, and it looks like you're just going nuts, for lack of a better word. No, I'm not letting him walk away with my phone! I don't feel that that is who I am as a person. I don't feel like this one mistake does define me, but I do sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, apologize that if I made the son feel as if I assaulted him or if I hurt his feelings or the father's feelings. I don't believe one mistake defines anybody, but I, I think when I look at that particular video, you're, you did more than just accuse him. The video seems to show that you physically attacked this young boy. 
you do see that too, right? But at the end of the day, the dad did end up uh, like slamming me to the ground and uh, pulling my hair and th throwing me and dragging me across the ground. So I, I will say that. Yeah, but, but I think, you know, the video we saw, it looked like you had just attacked his son. Yeah, the footage shows me attacking his son of attacking him how? Yelling at him? Yes. Okay, I apologize. Can we move on? I know you're saying, I don't need to, I just want to apologize. But I do think that there should be some context to your actions that day. Okay, so basically, I'm... I'm a 22-year-old girl. I am, I, I don't, I, racism uh, is, I, how is one girl accusing a guy about a phone a crime? Where is the context in that? Mia, what is the Mia, deeper, what is the deeper, what is the deeper Mia, story it's here? it's not, it's, it, that's not the problem. You have to at least understand your actions that day. You seem to have attacked this little boy, this young boy, this, this teenager. You seem to have attacked this teenager about the phone. And then it turned out he didn't even have your phone. That's the thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're saying, look, I'm 22 years old. You're 22 years old, but you are old enough to know better. So I will say you're 22. I get, I get it. Enough. The hotel no, no, did have my phone. The hotel did end up having my phone. I did get my belongings returned to me. All right. Oh, wow. Great, right, Gail. Enough. 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 That was my favorite part. Enough. <laughs> Gail. Ovation. <laughs> When she reached out, uh, her uh, 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 right, 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 right now, right. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Right, right now, I'm, I'm about to sound like a lot of the older black women watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right now. This is what they just said. I know that heifer did not <laughs> just hit Gail with enough. <laughs> I know that heifer didn't. That, that's what they, that's, that's what the sister, the older sisters right now, Misha saying, I know that heifer did not enough. You know, you know it's some black women who are like, ooh, her ass should have been backhanded. They lucky Gail was in New York and her ass was in California. It, it was just... It was unbelievable, the gall, one for that action in and of itself, but in the entirety of that interview, you see someone who does not want to take any responsibility, even though there's video footage. She kept talking about, well, maybe she hurt this guy's feelings. This has not a damn thing to do with feelings. You physically assaulted a young man. You physically assaulted someone who's a teenager. You came after this guy, jumped on him, accused him of stealing a phone without any evidence whatsoever. You had already talked to, she had already talked to the hotel staff who were already, you know, looking around for her dang phone. She saw the first black guy she, who was in the, who was in that vicinity. And she decided to all of a sudden, you know, push all of her anger and upset on him. And then when Gail is trying to get her to admit to, or at least see her own culpability and fault in all of this, she falls back and somehow tries to make herself the victim. And you know th this is something that happens when when people accuse black men of things all the time. But the level of gall she has to do this, and then she talks about how young she is. 
You attack somebody that was years younger than you. This is an adult. 22 is grown. She knows better. If she thought her phone was stolen, the thing you do is report it. You don't go chase some young kid down and jump on him. And she just lost all of her mind. And then when Gail pushes her, you know, to explain herself and at least try to take some responsibility for the video footage all of us saw, all of a sudden, she's done. Everything is over. We're ending the interview. Like, I, it, Yo, it's just beyond me. Hey, hey. Hey, Michael Brown, I'm telling you, it's some black parents like, ooh, if your ass was my kid <laughs> and you hit enough and the hate enough. And I got it. and at least the lawyer tried to whisper to her, are you kidding? Are you what are you doing? You don't treat you, you know, you're trying to act like with some level of responsibility and, and respect to the interview. And clearly, she didn't want to do that. The lawyer tried to whisper to her, "You know, she, you know, this whole privilege thing is—it's just out of um, it's out of control." And then she was going to argue about what happened. She had to have seen the footage. And you tell me what father or parent—parent, parent, mother or father—would not pull someone off of their child if their child was getting attacked. Look, all, all, all I'm, hey, hey, Michael, all yeah. I'm saying is, when I first saw that video, her ass said, enough. <laughs> all I could think about is Terrence Howard. Whoop that trick. I, 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 I couldn't think about nothing. I was like, I know she did not. Well, you know, Roland, this this whole situation here is is wrong on so many levels. First of all, in that interview when she said enough, she reminded me of Roberto Duran saying no mas in that in that in that second of uh, Atlanta <laughs> Roberto Duran fight. Number one, when he said no mas, no mas. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Two, um, how many other people did she tackle? How many other people did she accuse? I'm still trying to figure out. Why do you think this 14-year-old boy had your phone? But then, but then she said, and I know she's Puerto Rican, but I know she's a, a Puerto Rican woman, but she's playing the role of a white woman. Because then she says, I'm a 22-year-old girl. You're a woman. When you're trying to get into a club, you don't say you're a 22-year-old girl. You show your, your you show your ID that you're 21. When you go buy alcohol, you don't say you're a 22-year-old girl. You show your ID and you say you're an adult. Okay, so how is it now you want to jump and you want to say, I'm a 22-year-old girl. I ain't never heard of a 22-year-old girl. Okay, I'm sorry. That doesn't even make sense. But it, So, once again, brother, you know, I know she's Puerto Rican and we have, you know, um, Afro-Latinos and things like this, man. But you can file this under uh, uh, crazy-ass white people also, you know. So. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All, look, all I know is this here. I think I was like 14 or 15. Maybe I was 16. Maybe I was 16. And all I remember was we were having this conversation, and my daddy said, let me explain something to you. He said, I don't know how big your ass get, and I don't care how old your ass may get. Both Michaels know exactly where I'm going. Because I'm sure Daddy Imhotep yep. and I'm sure Ron Brown said the same thing. I don't care how old you get. I don't care how big you get. 
I'ma whoop your ass if you get out of line. <laughs> now I'm, I'm not sitting to y'all because you when when you black, you know you like because I right. keep like it don't matter how old you get. You deal mm -hmm. with some black daddies, and I know Amisha. You know your mama and them sisters in your family said, "Nah, your ass might think you cute. <laughs> your ass might think you grown." But I will backhand the shit out of you if you say something crazy. Now, y'all know I ain't lying. Y'all know I ain't lying. So, uh, Lil Maya, Mia, whatever the hell your name is, girl, first of all, she lucky she accused a young brother and his daddy. Because I'm telling y'all right now, had it been that boy's mama and if that boy was a girl, I'm telling y'all right now, Mia ass would be doing that injury from the hospital. <laughs> Mia would have had some bruising going on. Was raised to not, he, he was raised to not raise hands because there are a lot of young boys, you jump on them like that, you still might be in the hospital. Again, she, she accused this young man. She ran after him. She grabbed him. He is pretty much defenseless. He doesn't put a hand on this girl at all. And then his dad jumps in because he's watching his son get pummeled by a crazy chick. I don't know what the expectation was here. I'm glad it was recorded because hey, clearly hey, she's I'm... delusional about the set of events that occurred and what she did to make them to make this all fall out. Hey, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite know. Y'all, y'all, man, y'all gotta understand. I'm just gonna tell this one story before I go. Cause y'all, this is this is a this is a true story. True story. I went shopping with my mom and my daddy, and we went to a Kroger in Houston. And my mom and daddy went inside, and, and I had to get some out of the car. And so uh, I, I'm coming to the Kroger, and these two white guys walk by, and I hear, let's get that nigga. I was like, oh, shit, get my ass in this store. I probably was 13, 14, about the same age as this boy. So I go, I go into the store, and I'll never forget, we were on the meat aisle. And I tell my mama and my daddy what happened. My daddy go, what? Let's go. <laughs> my mama, straight, y'all, let's go. Now, mind you, my daddy ain't somebody who loud, rambunctious, getting in fights and stuff. You know, he quiet. No, nah, but you mess with his family. He kick into another gear. So my mama... She trying to be, you know, black woman. She's like, Reginald, don't. This is all I hear. Woman, <laughs> I don't want to hear. I was like, oh, shit. So we walk out of the store. Next door was a Walgreens. We walk into the Walgreens. We walking up and down the aisle. Walk up on two white women, white men. My dad say, that's them? No, that ain't them. Go to the next aisle. Find two white men. That's them. I need to talk to y'all. Uh, tell him what you just told me. I repeated the story. Laid it out there. Man, two white guys go, um, uh, no, 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 we don't. Sir, we were not talking to your son. Uh, we, we, were, we, were, no, we didn't say that. We were actually referen we were referencing somebody else. My dad said, so y'all too. We're talking about my son. Now, this was a look, Michael Brown. 
Okay, I'm going to go to this camera here. This was a look. <laughs> that was the look. Like, y'all ass is sure? So that was the look. Then he was like, then he went, fine, let's go. Now mind y'all, he didn't look at me to say go. He looked at that and he went, fine, let's go. Walked off. It was at that point, Michael Brown, I said, I will leave this Negro alone. Because <laughs> him crazy. That's good. That's you know. who Leah, uh, Mia, that's who Mia Lucky she rolled up against when her ad after the fool in that hotel. Final comment. But uh, you know, you, but that, I'm, I'm glad you remember stories like that. I'm sure we all have them. And you know, that's what that's what parents are supposed to do. And, and her whole defense will he he grabbed me and threw me on the ground. Damn right he did. Get off my child. How about that? So since this is our last segment, I want to say to you and Henry, um, good luck to the Washington football team tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Saturday night uh, will be on prime time. Um, so I know you'll all be rooting for the Washington football team. Thank you for your well wishes. You out your, you out your damn mind. First of all, Anthony liked to watch the football team. Hey, oh, Henry, punk-ass Cowboys fan, and they ain't going to no playoffs. And my sorry-ass no, Texas fired Bill O'Brien, so, so we ain't going nowhere. So it don't matter. Y'all going to lose anyway. Amisha, uh, final <laughs> comment of after this crazy week. Oh, my gosh. I think that, you know, when Hillary Clinton called these folks a basket of deplorables, they acted like gasp. They were so offended. We just saw how deplorable they were this week. So I, I think that, you know, she was right. Of course, black media has been right from the very beginning. The people who have just decided to jump ship from Trump in, with less than two weeks left of his administration, history is going to remember them for exactly who they were the same way that they will Donald Trump. M Hotel. You know, brother, um, politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. So January 20th, 2021, can't come here fast enough. We need to uh, stay vigilant, protect ourselves, watch what's going on, and uh, also Happy New Year to everybody, and uh, Happy Founders Day to my brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Oh, y'all got found me today? Oh, James, James, <laughs> James is coming. Michael, James, I don't know why you opened that door, Michael. Why'd you James open that door, night. Michael? You know, when? you know he's got something to say. James, James is coming up. <laughs> oh, that oh that's oh that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Congratulations. That's cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Thank All you right, y'all. That's it, Foss. Let, 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 let me say this here, y'all. Uh, it has been, this is our last day um, here in Georgia. Uh, we have been, we arrived here on, Dece when was it, Anthony? December 5th. Uh, we came here December 5th, uh, and we dedicated, we were going to cover this uh, Georgia Senate runoff race. Uh, I, I felt it was important for black media to be here, to be on the ground, telling our stories from our perspective, uh, I, I was not going to trust mainstream media uh, for covering our story. I wasn't going to trust them uh, from, you know, doing what they do and what they always do. Uh, and so that's why that's why we came here and uh, we, we committed ourselves uh, that we were going to be traveling all across this state uh, covering this election. Uh, and we did that.
And, 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 and I got to thank y'all because uh, the resources that y'all have provided for us, uh, also watching this show, the advertising dollars that we generated uh, from YouTube and our partners, uh, folks like AFSME and Black Voters Matter and the National Coalition of Black City Participation, uh, Collective PAC. Uh, I mean, we've been able to do, uh, been able to raise dollars over the last year. That was, that's what allowed us to be able uh, to come here and spend five weeks. It allowed us to be able uh, to rent this Airbnb out. Uh, this, 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 was, this, was our, this was our home here. Uh, this here, of course, was our, was our studio. Of course, you got, I mean, we were able to eat here, cook here. We took over every room with all of our compute, all of our equipment and everything along those lines uh, and have been able uh, to cover uh, the election like we wanted to. And we absolutely were fully supportive. Uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock, my alpha brother, as well as John Ossoff, uh, covering their events, live streaming their events, uh, bringing you the news directly, unfiltered. You didn't have to watch uh, MSNBC or CNN. We were right there covering their rallies. Uh, you were hearing from them, directly from them, uh, and that was important. And so I just want y'all to understand, because every Friday we always run our list of our members. I want y'all to understand that I, I wanted y'all to see your dollars at work. I want you to understand why we do this show and why we launched this show, because it really is about uh, providing black folks with a platform that's ours. To have Michael Brown and Michael Imhotep and Amisha, and to have Greg Carr and Erica and Reese and Avis and Julian. Uh, and Kelly and Monique and Robert Patillo and Scott Bolden uh, and Candace and I can go on and on and on. That's also important for us being able to have uh, black commentators, folks being able uh, to speak to the issues today, being able to have Congresswoman Maxine Waters uh, and having Derek on the show as well. For us being able uh, to have yesterday General Russell Honore and uh, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence and Congresswoman Johanna Hayes and Congressman Tim Ryan to having them on because we're getting it direct and that's why it's important. And so uh, our goal, I told you, every, our goal each year is we want to have a minimum of 20,000 people who are joining our Bring the Funk fan club who contribute on average 50 bucks each. There are some people who can't give that. I totally understand that. There are some people who can give less. There are some people who give more. And so we appreciate every single dollar. Uh, and so we want you to join our fan club. They're right now. They have, there were 14,000 of y'all watching today uh, on YouTube simultaneously, the most we've ever had on YouTube. No, the second most. We did 16,500 on Wednesday. Uh, the 2,000 folks were watching on Facebook. I mean, as, as we sit right now, we've got 10,000 on YouTube, 1,200 on Facebook. Do understand, if every single person who's watching right now gave, you would represent half of the dollars we need. If 20,000 of our followers, I just want y'all to understand, if 20,000 of our followers gave an average of 50 bucks each, that would fund us for the rest of the year. That means that we wouldn't have to be sitting here depending upon corporate advertising dollars. It allows us to be able to build this platform. I told you uh, that we've signed a deal to build our OTT channels. That's right. And so you're watching right now on YouTube. You're watching right now on your phone. But I want you all to understand, in about 90 days, you're going to be able to turn that TV on. And if you've got Apple TV, you're going to be able to see our app right there on Apple TV. In about 90 days, you're going to be able to turn that television on on Roku and watch us on your Roku device. On our, your Amazon Fire Stick device, on Twitch. If you've got an Xbox, 
You're gonna be able to watch our show on Xbox. You're gonna be able to watch our show. If you have a Samsung TV, we're gonna be able to have that app. But that's a Samsung TV right there, where you're gonna be able to watch our show right through the Samsung app. That, folks, is what we are building because this is all about us being able to expand this show and expand what we're doing. Uh, and again, it's gonna cost $145,000. We already know that. And so we're sitting here building that. So please support us by giving up to Cash App. Dollar sign is RM Unfiltered. PayPal is paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered. Venmo.com is forward slash RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. You can support us if you want to use a credit card in Square. Uh, you simply use, go to rollingmartinunfiltered.com. If you want to send us a money order, go to New Vision Media Inc. NU Vision Media Inc. 1625 K Street Northwest. Sweet 400, Washington, D.C., uh, 2006. This is about controlling our own narrative. I see y'all comments right here on YouTube and on Facebook. Yeah, this is exactly what we're doing. Uh, and so we're building that. So we thank all of you. I'm back in studio for the first time, literally in, in five weeks. I think I've only been in studio one day since then. So I'm back in D.C. Uh, give me this shot right here, Henry. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but... I might actually have to uh, build this set uh, back home because I'm, I'm actually kind of liking uh, the lights and we, I mean, we got to move that lamp out the way, uh, but I'm kind of liking the fireplace and the, and the, and the, and the logo in the monitor. Y'all let me know on YouTube and uh, Facebook if y'all like the, this, set, this set look. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, what, what you think, Henry? You, you think? New set, Ashley, what y'all think? New set, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, y'all, we gotta go. Uh, we always end the show uh, by uh, showing our uh, charter members, uh, so we'll do that right now. I'll see y'all guys on Monday from Washington, D.C. Y'all be safe, y'all be well. Have an absolutely great weekend. And thank you so much for letting us do what we did here in Georgia. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you very much to the Warnock campaign, the Osaw campaign, the DSCC for their support as well. Our folks are uh, Melanie Campbell and Black Voters Mayor Latasha Brown and Cliff Albright. Uh, y'all are fantastic. Also, Black Church Pack. We thank y'all for your support uh, as well. Georgia Stand Up, Black Youth Vote, all the folks are, who did an amazing job. Okay, folks, I will see y'all on Monday. Holla! My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.